to to have inspired the conversations and the sharing that we've already had here uh, this morning, uh, because it fits in perfectly with uh, with what Paul was writing about here in Colossians. So if you've got your Bibles, turn to Colossians chapter two, and uh, we're going to continue here from uh, from verse six. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Uh, we need to first recognize how did they receive Christ Jesus the Lord? What was the process? What what has he talked about previously in chapter one about receiving the Lord Jesus that now instructs them on how they should walk in the Lord Jesus? Well, I think we can see uh, a little bit more clearly going back to chapter one and verse 21. Verse 21 to 22. And there, that's where Paul had already written. He said, And you who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy, blameless, and above reproach before him. So, how did they come to receive Christ Jesus? Because of what Jesus had done on behalf of them. That he was the one that sacrificed himself and made it possible for them to come to faith. It was him who, who worked in their lives to be able to draw them to, to, to bring new life so that they could hear the message of hope. So that they could understand that message of hope. And they were able to respond then to that message of hope. All of that came through what Jesus had done for them. He was the one that did the work there. There isn't anything in those passages that talk about the things that they were able to do. The way that they came to a place where they went to the right meetings to hear the right words or, or that they were able to, uh, to clean up their lives enough so that they were able to receive all of that. All of how they received the Lord Jesus Christ was because what Jesus had done on their behalf. So, as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, so now walk in him. If they needed Jesus to bring them to that place of being rescued and being saved, they now needed to... Depend on Jesus to know how to be able to walk, to know how to be able to live their lives, how to be able to face the circumstances and things that they were dealing with in their lives. So it was 
So now it says here, so therefore as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Again, you see all of those verbs that are being used there? They are all passive verbs. These are things that are happening to the followers of Jesus Christ, rather than the things that they are doing. They aren't routine themselves. They are being rooted. They aren't building up themselves. They are being built. They are being established. So just as Christ drew them into salvation, so they needed him to root them. They needed him to build them up, to establish them in the faith. And even that, uh, you know, we've, we've been talking a, a quite a bit here in the last little while about this word faith. And, and so often we, we, we can misunderstand that as being a, a euphemism for talking about a religious worldview. That when it says the faith, that, that he's actually just talking about the Christian faith, the, the, the church, the Christendom, the, the, the gathering of the people. That, that, that it's, that's not what he's meaning here. This isn't a, 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 a shorthand way of saying that you are now a Christian. But it is talking about the faith, the saving faith that has brought us to Christ. The, the trust that they are putting in Jesus Christ to rescue them, but then also to help them to walk, to lead them into a day-to-day -day relationship with him. How to be able to face all of the struggles that they're uh, dealing with in their lives. This is the message that Jesus has for us today. That just as you have received Christ Jesus, by all of the things that he has done, so now walk in him. Allow him to root you in his word, in his truth, in his love. Allow him to build you up, to, to transform you into his likeness. Allow him to establish that faith that you need in your life in order to be able to walk through, to deal with all of the circumstances that come our way day to day. All of this is being done by Jesus Christ. It's the same thing that Paul wrote to the Galatians in Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3 and starting to verse 2, it says here, Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? You have to understand that that tendency that we have as religious people to put together rules and regulations that will guide and govern our actions and our behaviors totally misses the point of what Jesus Christ has done for us. 
that, that, that we are not living a Christian life because we're able to follow through with rules and regulations. That, that we are not able to be sanctified because we're able to do all of the right things because we make sure that we spend that 15 minutes every day of doing our devotions, uh, that we go to church on a regular basis, that, that we go through all the right rituals in order to, uh, to make sure that we're clean so that we can then live that life. Just as we were dependent on Jesus and the Spirit to give us life in the beginning, we are dependent on Jesus and the Spirit to lead and guide us and help us to walk today. All of that happens through what Jesus Christ is doing in our lives. He says that we are to do this uh, abounding in thanksgiving. Gratitude is an act of faith that acknowledges that someone outside of ourselves is giving those good gifts into our lives. That, that someone beyond our own ability is able to give us the strength to walk in a manner that's worthy of the Almighty God, of the great Creator, of the perfect God in heaven. It acknowledges that we are dependent on Him and it acknowledges that he is the giver of all good things, that even in the difficult circumstances of our lives, that he still is there, that he still is working. When we get splattered with pumpkin, when, when we face the challenge of of recanting our faith in order to be able to save our lives or the life of somebody else. In all of those circumstances, we can trust that, 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 that attitude of thankfulness is an act of faith that says that, that we're not the one who's making the decisions. We're not the one that's supplying the power to respond adequately in this situation. It is totally coming from Jesus Christ through the Spirit into our lives. And that act of thankfulness is an act of faith. That's why Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians 5, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. To, to live in that attitude of gratitude and thankfulness for all that Jesus has done for you. He then goes on to say, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition and according to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. Human traditions are those rules and regulations that so many people in our world live their lives by. They've got all of these uh, uh, different rules that either they have established themselves or that they have submitted to that is part of some other kind of uh, uh, worldview, religious organization, that, that, there are, that there's this moral code that they need to follow in order to, uh, to 
live a life that is pleasing to God or to uh, to society or to whoever it is that they put as that 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 uh, that organization, that being, that that entity to which they are trying to be um, uh, acceptable to. And it's all of those rules and regulations. Uh, later on in this chapter, he's going to label them as things like do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. All of these do not, do not, do not. Those are the human tradition that so often replace relationship with Christ and instead becomes a legalistic way of, of controlling ourselves and controlling other people around us. That is empty philosophy. That is a, a deception that is trying to draw each and every one of us away from walking with Christ. He says, do not be led astray by Christ. Don't be led astray by not only the, the human tradition, but also the elemental spirits of this world. And, and we, we, we have to acknowledge that there is a spiritual realm that's going on around us that often we have no idea about, we have no awareness of. And that's why there are all of these different religious um, uh, groups and, 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 and different uh, worldviews of, of looking at life. They are all acknowledging some spiritual realm that they are trying to attain to, whether it is, uh, you know, a, a pantheistic worldview that, that sees God in all of creation and worships all of the different parts of God and the different kinds of creation. Um, if it's a, 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 like a, a, a Buddhist mindset worldview that, that sees God as this uniting force of all things that we need to be connected with, and so it goes through the process of meditation to be able to, to attain a level of uh, enlightenment that opens us up into what we were truly meant to be. All of these elemental spirits, ultimately, as followers of Christ, as, as, as uh, students of the Word of God, we recognize this is talking about demons, right? This is Satan using his angels to, to draw people away, to deceive them, and to follow in some other thing rather than following Christ. It's so clear when you read scripture and it says, you know, even if an angel comes and gives you another gospel other than the one that we have given you, don't believe it. And what do we see? Religions that are based on angels coming and giving people other gospels rather than what we have here. The Bible <laughs> helps us out so well with being able to identify these things and recognize that it's all out there. Paul is saying, don't, don't get drawn in by this stuff. Now, I was, I was going to say even even an atheistic worldview that says that there is no spiritual still has a connection to elemental spirits. You know, I, I, I 
wrote down this quote from, from Carl Sagan uh, in, in his video series, the, the Cosmos. He says, the cosmos is all that is or was or ever will be. Our feeblest contemplations of the cosmos stir us. There's a tingling in the spine, a catch in the voice, a, a faint sensation, as if a, a distant memory of falling from a height. We know that we are approaching the greatest of mysteries. It talks about how we are made of star stuff. And there's this recognition that in nature, even though we are this insignificant part of nature, we are still connected. And so the elemental spirits are nature, materialism, humanism, that, that, that we have unlimited potential and we can create whatever we want given enough time and enough opportunity, enough resources, and enough unity working together. There isn't anything that we can't accomplish. All of these even still are elemental spirits. Paul goes on to then say, In him, verse 11, also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. By the circumcision of Christ, sorry, made without hands, by putting off the body of flesh, by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. you got to know that the, the, the Hebrew people, the Jewish people, as they have been practicing circumcision thousands of years now, you know that they've thought through, why? <laughs> What's the purpose of circumcision? And, and, and when you look in the Old Testament, it doesn't go into a lot of detail. Uh, Moses and, and Abraham, the, the, the others that... The, that, that, that wrote about this, that, that talked about this, that re uh, um, recorded what God had said, doesn't go into detail to say this is why circumcision is important. But you know that they talked about that, right? You know that they thought through all of this. And they were recognizing that, that circumcision, the, the, the value of circumcision is that, that it helps us remember in, in our most intimate self, in our most private um, uh, uh, hidden secrets of ourselves that we are dependent on God. That we need Him to come in and change something fundamentally wrong with who we are so that we can be made right with Him. And, and that's what Paul is identifying here. He's talking about the spiritual significance of circumcision and that it is that it's actually a dependence on God to cut away that sin nature that has caused all of the problems for us throughout all of history. That, that, that it's putting it aside, and, and, and just as, as in baptism we have the symbolism of, of burying, of, of dying and being buried, and our, our sin nature is being buried with Christ, that cutting off of our flesh is, is getting rid of it, putting it outside of ourselves so that we are no longer held captive by our sin nature. So, so again, this is something that Jesus is doing for us, right? This is something that is being done to us. It's not something that we do ourselves. It's a circumcision of Christ done without hands, 
with us cutting off our sinful nature, our flesh, and putting aside so that we can now walk in a manner worthy of Christ Jesus, the one who has called us. And that's why baptism is such an important part of our walk with Christ. It, it, it symbolizes, it, it gives an outward expression of what is happening within our inward self. That we are, that we have died with Christ, that we've been buried, our sin nature has been buried with him, and then we have been raised to new life, free from all of that that's been buried, so that we can now walk in a way that brings honor and glory to him. So as you have received Christ by faith, so also walk in him by faith. He will direct how you respond to the tensions that are in your marriage. He will lead you through the persecutions that the world is going to throw against you. He will light your way through the fearful circumstances that are in our chaotic world. He will guide your proclamation of his hope to all the world. It is all by trusting and following him. You can live out that call that he has given you. You can be that, that blessing to the world, that light that shines in the darkness because of what Christ is doing in you. And so living by faith and through thankfulness and gratitude to what he is doing, you can now walk in that life and that Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for what Jesus Christ has done for us. We thank you that we can have the confidence that in all circumstances, he is leading us. That he is the one who has rescued us and is now guiding every step that we take. Lord, help us to walk in that. It is so easy for me to get caught up in following rules and regulations, of having my checklist to know that I've done all the right things that are, that are needed in order for me to be a holy person. And it all then gets centered on who I am and what I do. Lord, instead, would you help us to depend on Christ, to listen to his leading and guiding and allowing the Spirit to guide our steps to guide our interactions with our spouses, to guide our interactions with our children, to inform the way that we would connect with other people outside of our, of our church, out of our, uh, out of our family, that, that we would know how to be able to respond to the rules and regulations that are coming down at us from the governments that we would be able to interact with that person at work who, who just rubs us the wrong way. Father, that, that for that neighbor that, that we see that is so uh, desperately trapped in these destructive patterns, Lord, that we would have the right words to be able to say to give them hope and new life in you, that all of that would come as we follow you and keep in step with your spirit. Thank you for this time. 
Today, Lord, thank you for our opportunity of being together. We honor you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.